Hello everybody, welcome to the next episode of Yala. But and this is a podcast with me, Harish and Terence from Ministry of Funny where we're going to be talking about stuff that's been on our mind the past week. And today, the first thing we're going to be talking about is Michelle Chong and our, our IE our resident alien. So I think it was this past Sunday uh, that she uploaded a video uh, where in her alien character, she sat down and had a chat with our dear law minister, uh, K. Shanmugam. So uh, when, you, when you say alien character, you mean like she's playing a character? Oh, right? yeah, 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 correct, correct. And, I, and I've actually seen her say in, in interviews saying that, you know, the alien resonates with Singaporeans because it's uh, something that we own, something that's part of our country that no other country, which is true. But I think also it doesn't resonate with everyone. But is this alien character from a TV show or something? Oh, no, right? It wasn't from the news, right? Eh, no, wait, was it? Maybe. I don't think so. I think it was something after she left the news and Mediacorp and everything. But, okay, maybe, maybe. But but it definitely draws inspiration from from the caricatures she she played on the news. Yeah, so the whole alien thing. So essentially what happened was she sat down with Shanmugam for like a like an eight-minute video where uh, it was all innocent and, and light-hearted, but they were talking about something that's so damn important. It's the protection against online falsehoods. Uh, the full name is POFMA, right? Protection against online... PAFO. PAFO. Protect, protection against online... Oh, PAUF. Pof, POFMA, POFMA. Protection from online falsehoods. Oh, man, I, can't, I, I don't even know. POFMA, but... It's 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 basically it's basically the bill that is the the government is trying to pass that gives ministers the authority to deem what is fake, what is real, and take it down. And if if you want to appeal, you have to go to the high court. So it's take down first. The platform needs to issue a correction, and the poster or the the creator of the content needs to go and appeal to the high court if they think that they were wrongly challenged. So POFMA stands for Protection from Online Falsehoods and Manipulation Bill. I think manipulation is the big word. Eh? Wow, Sheila, That's what it, I mean. It's essentially anti-fake news. Eh? Yeah. It's and, uh, I mean, Singapore's fake... response, right, to, yeah. to the global problem of uh, fake news in that's affecting politics and religion and everything. Yeah, and, and it is a problem. Uh, I mean, I look at the shit that's shared in my family WhatsApp group. Today, this morning, my mom told me, oh, you know, next year they're going to stop microwaves. Eh? I was like, huh? What are you talking about? She said someone sent a video to her uh, about them stopping microwaves in 2020. Just just that. Not stopping production, not stopping use, just stopping microwaves. She's like, oh, you know, we use the microwave every day. I'm like, mom, I don't even need to Google that. It's fake. Confirm fake. It's just, and, and it still happens after like years and years of telling my, my, like my mom that you need to Google shit. So, so at that point, do you wish that you had like a, the ability to correct whatever she read? Like that something pops up next to the message that she, she received saying, this is false. Yeah, and I wish there was a minister that could just, you know, call her and say, auntie. No, no, but seriously, you, you did, right? You you were... Uh, I mean, what do you mean? A minister? It would have been good if there was something like right next to... But see, the thing message. is, I don't think it's possible. Like, if, if it's a WhatsApp video, how is it going to be possible that there's going to be something uh, like a pop-up saying this is fake? Um, but let's say that's theoretically possible, right? I mean, ideally, it would be someone in the group that she received it to just point it out, lah. Unfortunately, when I do that in my family WhatsApp group, no one responds and it just shares some other photos of God knows what. Yeah. So I'm the wet blanket guy. Yeah, you're the guy. Wet blanket guy. Spoils the WhatsApp WhatsApp conversation. Yeah. So so even then, that's that's still not that serious an issue. There have been cases in the past year uh, where I think in Sri Lanka or India, people got lynched 
mistakenly because they were just mistaken identity over some uh, fake videos that were being passed, which is horrible. La. So it is a problem. But but so but then what was okay? So so what was the response to this alien alien meeting the minister video that that makes us want to talk about it today? Yeah. So in the video, she basically just very obviously asked these very contrived questions to uh, Shamugam, like uh, just saying, "Oh, you know, with this fake bill, cannot make fun of government, right?" That means if my friend say it's because the government don't want us to make fun of the government, say bad thing. Then of course Shamugam would clarify with some very politically correct uh, answer about why it's needed and all that. So it just felt like this is obviously not an organic setting. Yeah. It's not, she definitely just didn't waltz into the the, the uh, Ministry of Law office and sat down with Shamugam. There's obviously an agenda. And she obviously got paid to do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I so, mean, do we, do we know that for 100% for sure? I mean, we don't, think, we don't. Okay, we don't, but, but all signs point to it. Um, and, did 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 it have a brand sponsorship or something like in partnership with Ministry uh, of Home No, Affairs but I mean Michelle Chong has done I mean basically a lot of stuff she does on her channel. She's known to ch- command a very high rate for yeah. advertising on her channel. Yeah. Um, so so it was just like super cringy. First of all, because I don't find it funny at all. But even then, humor subjective. But to kind of dumb down such an important issue to to the point where you're not asking questions that uh, showing both sides, you're allowing uh, Shamogam to just give these answers that that fits the agenda of what they're trying to push, and not recognizing the fact that if you give a minister the power to determine what's fake, what's real, it's it's crazy. And as far as I know, and as well as far as I've uh, read up online, Singapore is the only country that is uh, implementing a policy that gives the minister the power to take it down. I think in other countries like France and Germany, they are considering. The high court still being the overall approval, so the minister raises it to the high court. The high court dis- decides whether it's fake or real before it's taken down. Yeah, Singapore is the other way around. Singapore minister say this one fake, it's taken down, and it's to, down to the owners of the person who posted it to go to the high court and and appeal. Yeah, my 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 yeah my it's a very nuanced issue. This whole fake news thing in that uh, I don't think anyone has any country has really solved the problem hundred yeah. percent yet. So whatever we're trying here. It's uh, it's probably the first in the world, but at the same time, um, there isn't a lot of uh, there's not a lot of consultation that's been going on about the how this law is going to be. Uh, yeah, set because out. no one knows. Yeah, so so that's that's the thing about this uh, is that Michelle Chong, through her being famous and and being made to do this video, she has access to someone in a very high position of power who has the ability to to make changes to the bill. And she basically used that time to banter with him about how good looking he is, or or how take selfie, yeah, taking a selfie with him, and it's almost like the the criticism that a lot of people made about Nas Daily meeting Dixian Long, uh, that you know you how many people have access to to get the prime minister to appear. But in even a video. then, for for Nas Daily, there was there was no context of discussing issue. You know, it's just a feature. This one, so obviously, it was about the fake news building, and it's so obviously just a piece of content created to. Let the masses know that oh, this is actually good. And what the the truth is, yeah, you could you could say that most people won't be affected by this. But then that's a very dangerous thing because it's ultimately giving the ministers so much power to determine. Like they're like Thanos, no, can determine what's real, what's fake. Yeah. And yeah. for people like us in the content uh, sphere, it is a big problem, yeah. But you you mentioned just now like the access, right? So how would you differentiate this with 
You know when Jimmy Fallon had Donald Trump on his show? And yeah, and he ruffled his hair. All he did was ruffle his and hair. He ruffled right? a lot of feathers. Right? Yeah, and he got a lot of backlash for that. Yeah. So, so how, how would you differentiate? Um, how would I differentiate? Or, or is it the same thing? I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, actually, you, you, it's interesting you brought that up as well because I think in the same way that people s- criticize Jimmy Fallon is that he has a platform that a lot of people don't have and all he did during that those few minutes he had with Trump was to make him a uh, more likable, funny guy, you know, who who makes fun of his hair and stuff like that, which is a lot of, similar to a lot of things you see here where you're just trying to, you know, gloss over the main, the, the important topics by talking about how funny this personality sitting opposite me is, you know, yeah. focusing on that rather than focusing on, oh, the real questions that, that people might have. And, and that's why I think, uh, yeah, where a lot of the criticisms if you see uh, an article on Rice Media and all that that's what they say is that you're, when you treat politicians who, who are policy makers and, and determine our future for the next 5 to 10 years when you treat them like celebrities like that where you're fawning over oh I mm. finally get to meet you take a selfie and all things like that then you, you're really like not doing a service to everyone who has real questions to ask them you know yeah no, so the the thing about the Jimmy Fallon thing, which to me, so so for the context of anyone who might not be aware, I think it was before he was president, right? Before yeah, during, during the during the election, he the came run, yeah, yeah, he came on a Jimmy Fallon show and like, um, as opposed to the more politically skewed shows like the Trevor Noahs and the Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon just did that, you know, lighthearted talk, and he said he's going, he wanted to ask Trump one thing, and uh, Trump said, yeah, sure, ask me, he said, can I ruffle your hair? And yeah, he proceeded to just run his fingers through Trump's hair and everyone laughed. La. And, th- and it was effective. I remember when yeah. I watched it, I felt like, oh, this Trump is actually a really funny guy who, who can actually you know, yeah. laugh at himself. And, and uh, But that was already during the elections, la, right? it was during the run-up. During the run-up. He was already elections. a candidate, la, right? He was a candidate. And, yeah. and, but nobody actually thought that he had a chance of winning. So yeah. to them, that was like entertainment. You know? But it's then, like, so comparing him with his Michelle Trump thing, I actually feel less strongly about him because... His show is still an entertainment show. Mm. It's not a political show and Trump was a guest. Mm. So even when I read the article, is it, is, uh, is it on him to politically grill Trump when he is doing a show that's supposedly not left, not supposed to lean left or right, even though it clearly leans left. Um, so, so, but then, but compared to Michelle Trump, where it was obviously a commercial gig, okay, with, with 99% certainty, uh, and she was in their... Uh, uh, vicinity asking these sort of stupid questions mm. it's just so annoying and so disgusting because she's in a position I mean she should realise that the, that that bill if passed right would affect content creators primarily of which she's one la. yeah and for her to just like use this st- annoying character that just I mean it's almost like okay to relate to the masses you have, masses, you have to use someone who can't speak English properly yeah yeah and I don't think that that's that's a good thing also yeah that, that's the second thing about it that really irritates me uh, is that uh, we have this conception of the everyday Singaporean as this loud uncouth uh, person who doesn't care about politics or just wants to take selfies with famous people and and you know I mean, she's not the only one I think there are other people who do like the abing kind of yeah. caricatures and, and actually um, yeah, even just to give more credit to the real Abings out there these days, the real Abings out there, you know, they're using apps, they're applying for PIC grants, you know, they're running, yes, yeah. they're running poker dance, no longer like, you know, mahjong gambling And Kong got some Bitcoin crap also. Yeah, Bitcoin money. And, and they still look like Abings, you know, but yeah. they speak well, you know, they might even have been educated overseas. Whereas all these, a lot of times when they talk about all the everyday Singaporean kind of thing, this kind of caricatures, 
just just again tells you what these people think about the you know the people who are watching her videos and things like that. Uh, so which I find is it's a bit condescending. No, but you know what's the scariest thing? If you look at the comments on the videos, most of them and I don't think this is like artificial or whatnot. Most of them are like, oh my god, my my favorite actress and my favorite politician. First of all, if your favorite politician is K Shamugam, right? Just go just go punch yourself, like, okay? Wait, wait, I think you gotta clarify that. I mean there might be some people who see him as a um I mean he has a okay, for example, in the dog community, he has uh, he does a lot for the dog community. Uh, oh. is it in that, uh, I've seen him at physically seen him at a lot of uh, events for to raise awareness for dog adoption and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he does do some good things for the community. Yeah. So 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 for some someone to say, oh, I actually like him for for certain reasons. I I won't I won't say go and punch yourself. Okay, fine. Because I, I say I say you need <laughs> you need you need to clarify that as well. You know. Okay, clarify. Yeah. Uh, I will. Okay, so I will admit I got a little heated just now. Maybe you don't punch yourself. And okay, he can be your favorite politician, sure. But that again plays into the point we are making is that you idolizing people in positions of power without being critical of what they do is damn dangerous. And if he's automatically your favorite politician, sure. But when he says something that is uh, has wide-reaching repercussions and not the best kind of repercussions you should also be willing to be critical. The thing is, I think most people really don't think much of this fake news bill. I'm pretty sure if you go out on the street, you ask 100 Singaporeans how many people actually care, how many people see this as a problem, majority will say, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah, I think more people will be concerned about stuff like e-scooters, yeah. uh, Monica Bay, the issue, yeah. uh, Aloysius Pang, yeah. you know. All then, of which are very important issues. They are, they are. Yeah, yeah but this, this fake, it's almost like this fake news, you know the whole climate change thing, because we can't see climate change on a day-to-day basis, right? And why the fuck you give a shit? And it's almost this fake news bill has the same kind of feeling. Like. And it's just, uh, it's really such a troublesome issue. And to see this kind of videos be put out, uh, yeah, it's just annoying because it really simplifies. And the whole video, she they at least show an example of how this can be a bad thing. She didn't yeah. ask anything like that. Yeah. She just asked these very innocent questions that, yeah, it's very easy to rebut. Like. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, she. I think I think this video has really, um, doing comedy, right? Especially for us when we do comedy, always talk about. We always want to say something, or, or uh, you gotta sort of be, not say punching, but you gotta be hitting upwards. Uh, but right? even then, like, not all comedy needs to make a message, like you know, Mister Bean doesn't really need to say something. Then at least make it funny. This yeah, wasn't funny, funny at all. No, but people find it funny. That's crazy. That that's yeah, crazy it's, to it's me. Like I think it's been two days and like four thousand plus shares, which is a shitload of shares, man. Yeah. And that's just on Facebook. On YouTube, it's on trending. I think. Yeah. So. So I, what 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 would you have done differently if you were sitting opposite Shamugam now talking to him? I mean, I would ask him questions because I might be like just missing the total point of this. I'm not a politician. Maybe I don't understand public policy well enough. Just ask him certain concerns I have. Mm. Like how, uh, what's the rationale for giving the, 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 uh, putting the onus on the content creator? Like it's almost guilty until proven innocent. Mm. Which, uh, and and I think now he was trying to say the process of, of, uh, how you say, appealing is very fast. But I was reading like, I think you go down, you fill up a form, the minister has to respond within two days. And then after that, the high court has two days, and then within nine days will be the hearing. But the 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 verdict of the hearing can be like in from like months after that or something. Yeah. So the whole process is yeah, it's almost one of those things saying yeah, you know you can do this, but 
yeah, like you just have to jump through like 15 hoops. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, fake news is a problem. It's just that this solution feels like it's giving, it's not the most one-sided, the most uh, the most fair. Yeah. I've heard the other, like like what uh, I think has not yet been implemented but discussed with other countries is that there's a third-party arbiter or something where the government and the people kind of go to. Yeah, but yeah. that third party being a neutral party is the one that decides. I, I think there have been some uh, some NMPs have, and some academics have yeah. tabled that like, yeah. to have a separate committee that's in charge of that. But I, I just can't imagine how that would function. Yeah, in Singapore it would be tough. Yeah. Because the party, the committee would probably be chosen by the government. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, even that is, yeah, just... I think it's still better, yeah, you know, better. when it's still someone else other than the actual execute, yeah. uh, what do you call it, executive branch actually being the arbiters or so. I mean, and it's good to see the the Workers' Party kind of put, putting up, uh, like discussing this and poking holes in the whole policy in Parliament, like, which just happened last night, I think. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, uh, to to the credit of of I mean, uh, I'm just trying to find uh, positives in the bill where I can as well, where they have come out right and put it on record saying in public, uh, verbally saying that satire, uh, opinions are not actually covered under the POFMA. The problem is that that, would, that interpretation is not actually represented in writing in the bill. Yeah. And uh, there's no guarantee that the same people who are saying this now will be in power in the future. And what if someone else... Someone evil uses that against people like us. I mean, we like to do a lot of satire, and 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 have we have opinions about things like like what you're hearing right now. Um, that said, I think we would love to talk to Shanmugam. Oh yeah, we also awesome. yeah. Shout yeah. out to Shanmugam if he's Mr. Shan. Any yeah. chance to just talk out, talk to him about this? Yeah. Don't, don't worry, I won't ask people to punch their punch punch themselves in the face if yeah, you're yeah. their favorite. Minister. We'll we'll hide our eggs. Don't worry. Yeah, hide our eggs. No, but this whole thing. It's the whole thing about idolizing and wanting a politician you like, right? It's like, uh, the, I think the recent the Ukraine Ukrainian president is the guy who just won the elections. is a is an actor who played a president on a TV show. Yeah, and he became so popular. He's a comedian, and then now he's president. Yeah. Then there's all this talk of you know the Rock running for president, and like I don't know, just there's all that, and then there's watching Avengers last week, which I think now we we can talk about spoilers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if, if you're listening to this. Instead of watching Avengers, stop right now. <laughs> yeah, stop right. Just just go and watch Avengers. So, but the thing about Avengers felt like okay, there's this whole like the story. I thought was like, meh. There are a few cool moments that that are cool and people love it. And that to me is like politicians these days. All you have to do is like like what you say, you know, like pet a dog, be nice to a dog, and there will be people who might think, oh, this guy's saviour for 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 our earth, uh, as opposed to really looking at that at the policies and and what he believes, you know. And it's so damn scary, man. Okay, okay. Uh, it's more than petting a dog. La. I mean, I, uh, it's going to events. <laughs> it's talking to, you know, stakeholders. It's all wayang. La. It's not wayang. It's saving Does the lives. Does he have streamers. a dog? Does he have a dog? I don't know, actually. Good question. I would love to know if he has a dog. I yeah. would assume so. Because I've seen him carrying dogs and he walks around. But, you know. Suddenly, we do get a slot with him. Then he brings his dog. Then you fucking fawn over him. And oh, you yeah, ask yeah, him, yeah, like, oh, yeah. you know, then, Mr. Then you're, you're, you know, you're such a good... You're we'll be such talking a good about, man, yeah. how could you fawn over someone just because he brings a dog with him? Yeah, yeah. But it's all in that... In that, in that um, so who... If he's not your favourite politician, who's your favourite politician? In Singapore. Yeah, I suppose so in Singapore. So, uh, I mean, the, I, I do respect uh, Mr. Tharman. Mm. Uh, just for the way he explains even like during the the rally during the last elections 
he, him explaining the policies, it feels like, okay, I can make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the other things, when I hear them try and explain, I'm like, huh, what are you talking about? And just the way he conducts himself, the way he inspires people. Um, I think certain of his policies, yeah, uh, I'm still try on, like, trying to wrap my head around it. But at least, he, to me, he does a good job, at least seeming objective. Mm. Yeah, mm. So, so I can't say I have a favorite politician. That's the thing, I don't think people should Maybe yeah. they, 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 I think they should have politicians that they maybe agree with most. Yeah. Because favorite automatically means like, oh, like favorite, then you're looking beyond what they are in their positions to do. La. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I remember when I first came back to Singapore after studying and working overseas for a number of years, one of the things that really puzzled me was how come every time you go to some event or some corporate or, or community event or something, the VIP is always like, a politician and you know they're, they're treated almost like oh you know guests of honor big deal everyone stand up and yeah. then I'm like wait 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 I've never at least when I was in the US and when they talk about politicians right half the time is like I'm mean, not saying that people spit on them or stuff like that but you don't definitely don't like fawn over them like they're rock stars or stand up for them when they walk into a room and actually that. does that happen in other countries standing up I mean stand the, up maybe for ceremony no but then the, this the fact that the VIP is a politician as opposed to someone who is like really universally liked, like say a, a pop star or something like that, you know. Someone where, who's not involved in politics. Yeah, not involved like. in politics and, and all that. You know, whereas over here, it's like the the politician is the the pop star. And and then that just really like, I, I found it so... Now now I find it quite like, I, I mean, it happens all the time, right? Yeah. Such that it almost appears normal to me. But when I first came back, I remember that was one of the things I found really strange that, that people were just... Oh, you know, they've got big VIP coming and all. And, really? and, you know, other countries, it, other countries, the VIP is not politician. Though. I mean, maybe that maybe it's a political political event. event. Yeah, but for every time, like say for example, dog oh. adoption drives or some, oh, stuff. Oh, really? Like that. Yeah. So when when what? the minister comes, like suddenly everyone's like he's walking around talking to everyone who's holding a dog and stuff. Actually, like I've that. been to like a film festival where also the or film screening. The guest of honor was a minister. Yeah, and and it's just like this. There's this culture of like, oh, they are they are like celebrities and we got to hold them up as opposed to hold them accountable for, for things, right? You know? And that's, don't, you know, don't rock the boat. Don't, don't be funny. Don't try and ask funny questions, things like that, which so, I find really weird. So what, like let's say, who, okay, the other con- more conventional celebrities in Singapore, like let's say, oh, Zoe Tay, like the... Yeah, Fan Wong or yeah. whatever. So, do you think, do you think like... I mean, people would fawn over them as much, like, right? Yeah, yeah. And for for very narrow, specific reasons, uh, they appear in the show, they're famous. And that's fine, you know? Like, they're, that's... They're like, you you can have fans and all that. But but when you're just, you know, sort of doing a job that is being funded by taxpayers and, and you know, you're, you're, you're so, it's sort of something that you dedicate your life to working in it. Yeah, being treated like a celebrity and being fawned over and having selfies taken just... Kind of weird. No, it was just like, uh, I was just reading some articles just now talking about how, you know, Obama is so well-liked and all. But he, he's rarely talked about how, how his, he increased drone strikes in Syria. Yeah. He apparently had the least transparent administration in the history of US presidencies. Mm. But basically because his persona is damn cool. Uh. Yeah. Same with Justin Trudeau. Yeah. And do yoga pose and all damn show. Yeah. Yeah, so, then what? Maybe like all politicians should start off like consciously being hated. Uh. Or how um, to, what well, then, then? I mean, how to, how to, well, what, what makes people idolize them? 
their looks, their persona, their character. So, so I think if they if they personally are charming or have excuse me have skills to to really wow a crowd, right? That's fine. But the fact is that our institutions already hold each of them up, like on this like huge pedestal. But you think it's a Singapore thing or a global thing? I think it's a very Singapore thing where where our politicians are seen to be like the be all end all of like everything, you know. And and it just you can't ask them questions, you can't like, you know, put them on the spot, you can't make them look embarrassed and things like that. So so that's what is is a little bit troubling to me when I watch this Michelle Chong thing as well, like, where she the moment she walks in, she already dis- is displaying that kind of fear that I, yeah. I sense when, you know, oh, please rise for our guest of honor, you know, blah, 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 minister of state, blah, blah, you know. Yeah. I think, but for, for them and from a PR perspective, I think it, it is a great success story for the ministry. They're like, look at this video getting how many views. The general reception, I think, has been quite positive in the comments. I give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not deleting negative comments or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, but I, so to them, it's great. So they're probably going to do more of this. They did one with uh, Ong Yi Kung a few years, a yeah, few weeks ago about yeah. answering Instagram questions and all. Yeah. That one, that one, I, uh, it was about streaming or something because he didn't Mm-mm. answer any really technical questions about streaming, which again yeah. felt like it was glossing over. La. Yeah. I, at the same time, maybe the video isn't, these videos aren't also the best ways for them to, to really uh, answer tough questions. But, so, okay, so then, so then how, how, how can they answer tough questions in a way that people want to watch? Because like the parliament videos, you know, how many people actually watch it? Oh, for people to want to watch. Uh, yeah, because it's wow. important issues, right? Yeah. So then how? Because uh, so you can't really fault them for taking this approach. Yeah. You know, it gets the message out across. They do cover the overall gist of it. Even though the tricky thing is in the nuances like, and, and the smaller details. But how else? Let's say if they if Shamukan say, okay, you all talk so much, then how how are we supposed to to talk uh, deliver this to the masses and make them understand? Okay, so maybe maybe not their fault, but uh, maybe the comedian or the person asking the questions needs to be held to a higher standard. But helped by who? The the audience, uh, like uh, us, lah. Uh, the the the. But we're, we're, we're probably watching. not the majority audience, right? When wait, oh yeah, so wait, like, like the whole thing is. This is, is, is just pointing towards this is like an inevitable outcome of the situation. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's still as much as we're not, we might not be the target audience, we are still affected by the stuff that they discuss. Mm. And I think it's important to acknowledge that however small that group might be, you know, whether it's uh, media people or creatives and things like that. Um, and uh, and if, if, sh- if her platform doesn't reach um, it reaches a certain demographic of people then maybe you need to do more than just one video like that to mm. talk to different groups because I think it's there, there is something to be said about um, the importance of the interviewer's skill you know to be able to to handle the situation well control control the direction of the, the narrative of the interview all these are all skills that, are, that take years of practice and nuance and that's why the best you know some of the when you watch a movie like Frost Nixon and and, and you see how what one movie is it? It was basically the it was a British um broadly uh, broadly summarizing what the plot was. It was a British uh TV host who had never really done any hard hitting political kind of interviews. Uh he was suddenly tasked with uh giving an uh, interviewing Nixon after Watergate. So they thought that he'd be they thought that this British um, interview will be easy pickings because he'd never done anything 
mm. hard hitting. He's not like a he wasn't a respected journalist or anything like that. But he that journalist through, I, I if if you watch the show, I think uh, it's probably Hollywoodized a lot. But um, basically, he did a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure that he actually got to ask the really tough questions that would make the world uh, that would make the world really reflect and think about what happened during Watergate. So, but then, but then the thing is, in Singapore right now, to do an interview that is not biased, who, because in the US, you have these networks that are ultimately commercial networks, they don't need to be politically mm. leaning. In Singapore, unless you've got a YouTube channel where you're not uh, either PAP or opposition, but then how are you going to get access to these kind of politicians? So that's where the setup of Singapore, so it's, it's, it's not. It doesn't facilitate something that is like impartial, Because if you think yeah. about it, they want to target different demographics. Like okay, Abing, like I'm guessing that you need a mama equivalent, mm. right? Like a like yeah. an Indian muckle or something. So you're volunteering for that, la. <laughs> I mean, but, but it, it is another demographic, right? Yeah, so yeah, then yeah. they're gonna choose the people to appeal to this demographic, which again is is starting off the wrong note, la. I I I would I wish that yeah, like uh the it's the entertainer or the influencer themselves can be a bit more discerning when they're tackling issues like this because yeah whether or not this can be done in a in a comedy video also is one thing yeah and if you do a comedy video about it are you just taking sides or are you are you pushing a certain agenda because even john oliver as awesome as he is yeah his show is also very left-leaning like, yeah. right so yeah I, th- I think everyone or every network or what has its own biases yeah and that's where i think also the job of the politician is to go out to as many different you know groups and stakeholders as possible and try to talk to each other individually lah. Yeah. as opposed to saying yeah this is how it is it's it's good don't ask any more questions or I only only one of you is allowed to ask me questions that's the the hard part right like, yeah when you when you feel like you haven't had a chance to get your voice heard that's when you feel uh yeah it's like it's like the NUS how they did that town hall after the Monica Bay thing as well yeah. where people didn't even have a chance to ask questions you know yeah yeah. We've been talking about 30 minutes already. Yeah, we've been b- bitching crap. about this for 30 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Man. I think so maybe how- time time com- has compressed for us because we're all still hungover from last night's crazy Liverpool and Barcelona match. Oh, I thought you said hungover from the oh, yeah, yeah, the which was four a, beers. Which was a segue into what the, the more fun stuff that I wanted to talk about. I mean, yeah, so typically every week we will try and tackle one issue that is a bit more like a serious and one is just like just goofy nonsense yeah, or something that's been thinking something you've been thinking about so yeah. like it's funny Terence mentioned the word uh, hungover from the game when he said hungover I immediately thought of the fucking worst decision ever last night to drink four pints of beers yeah and he's not kidding when he's got a hangover like I rarely see you like Harish I rarely see you like really you know I'm vomiting I want to puke and, and but he's yeah. been in the bathroom at least like three or four times this yeah. morning and he took a power nap usually power naps only at like 5pm onwards but today he took yeah. it at 10am 10, 10 <laughs> so thanks Manoj Prem and Rishi yeah. shout out to shout out to the three of you yeah to them yeah, like, like last night I took four pints of beers which is more than I've had in a long time and I woke up to watch the ridiculous Liverpool Barcelona game it was fine then went, went back to sleep woke up and I was oh my god so then I was telling Terence, maybe we should just talk about what the hell causes a hangover. Because I only found out about it. I mean, found out the details a few years ago. Yeah. So, so I mean, essentially what happens is when you drink alcohol, it's a diuretic, so it makes you pee. But as a result, your, water, your body doesn't have enough water. So your organs fucking steal water from your brain and causes mm. it to shrink. Yeah. That, that's what causes the headache. 
Yeah, and that, that's, what the hell? That's why um, actually the drinking doesn't help you sleep well, right? It actually has the opposite effect. Yeah, right? you no, but you feel like you're going to sleep. Uh, you feel well, yeah, yeah. sleepy, but actually you're going to have worse sleep because your body is actually not in the right state. Yeah, so yeah. you pass out, but inside your body is just fucked. Which was a blessing in disguise for me because after those few beers, I actually suddenly jumped out of bed just in time to watch the the Champions League match. Uh. Oh, wow. Because I think that I think the the alcohol worn out had worn out at that point. I uh, think my body was still processing my. Alcohol. Yeah, yeah, your body, your body was still like, eh, what the hell is going on? Yeah, wow, crazy. But at least now I feel a lot better. I puked up my breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you wanted to know, uh, puked up my breakfast, had a good lunch. Now I'm actually feeling better. And now, since we're on the topic of food, there's something else that Terence wanted to talk about related no, to food. Yeah, because uh, I, everyone knows. Uh, I mean, next year the Olympics are happening in Tokyo. And if you go around Tokyo, you'll see posters of people saying, oh, be nice to tourists and, and uh, asking Japanese people to be nice to tourists and to, you know, to help them out with directions and things like that. Uh, and something I just saw, I think on Kotaku recently, was that, that it, nowadays people are talking about something called uh, Nuhara, which in essence is, called, is short for noodle harassment, where basically if you walk to any ramen place and you sit in one of those booths and eat ramen, you'll hear... Very loud slurping in a booth left and right of you. Because in Japanese culture, apparently, it's um, when you slurp your noodles, it means that you the noodles are really, really delicious. And it's actually a compliment to the chef. Is it just in Japan or? Just in Japan. Just yeah. in Japan, okay. So, so, so that's something that even for me, when I go to Japan, I consciously do try and do as well, to slurp my noodles. Uh, but apparently now, yeah, people are saying that that noise is actually really a huge turnoff for tourists. And, and there have been TV shows in Japan going around asking tourists about, hey, what do you think about that, that noodle slurping noise? And it's all been ne- quite negative. Like. It sounds like a pig eating. It sounds do you like, do you like the... Do you, can you tahan the slurping noise? In that context of a, specifically in a Japan, Japanese ramen place, yeah, sure. But yeah, if I was in Singapore and someone did that, I'd be like, I want to punch this person. Huh? Yeah. So that's where, well, when, when you mentioned this, I thought it was quite interesting because if it's in Japanese culture, it's a positive thing. Yeah. Uh, and it means like a compliment. Yeah. So, should should they should they change their culture just to appease the people who are coming into their country, and where do you stop? Ah, uh, uh, well, is it hurting anybody? Here? What slipping? slipping? No, yeah. I mean I objectively also don't really like it. In Japan, I think partly because I know in Japan if they're slipping, it's probably just going to be contained within their mouth. Uh. Like in Singapore, one thing I hate is when I'm at a hawker center and people eat these prawn noodles and they spit the shells on the table. Oh, wow. why, why did you hate that? I fucking hate that. Spit why? it on the tray. Uh, but why if there's no tray? Like then they, put it in your damn bowl. But the... No, because you see, that, then I, like, uh, I've thought about this before. The thing is, if you, if you put the shells on the table and then like, uh, either you return your own bowl, so some have left it on the table, which yeah. is the worst. Even the people who are conscientious enough to put it back in the bowl after that and put it... The next thing, if I were to sit on the table, put my hands there, oh. literally, I'm like touching your prawn sliver. La. So you need, I think, if there's someone to clean it up, it's okay. La. Yeah, but then, then it's... Then you're it's, relying on that. Yeah. yeah, you're relying on that. And to me, why do you have to spit on the table? But what if it's not spitting? Let's say they just eat it and they just place it gently with, with their chopsticks. Why? Because why there's no Put it back in your bowl. But you put it back in your bowl, then you might accidentally eat it up. That's your problem. <laughs> you eat prawn noodles, you have to bear in mind that, oh, there's going to be shit. And you just put it back. It came from your bowl. Put it back in your bowl. So it's not limited prawn noodles. Uh. Say chicken wings. Yeah, don't put it on the table. Or oh, the bones, don't put it back. Yeah, on put the it table. on your plate. But what if... Okay, so 
if they put it on the tissue on the table. That's fine. Oh, that's fine. So yeah. you, as long as it's easy to clear up, you're fine with that. Yeah, right? I mean, I just feel like, okay, like the tray is, I mean, the table is a communal thing. Like, you know, you should just don't do it because if, 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 if then it shouldn't be dependent on if this food on the table, fine, this, no. Just if something is food that's gone in your mouth, don't put it back on the table. But, but that's it. Uh, I think you and I are in quite a minority of, mm. in terms of the hawker center table etiquette. And that we don't use tissue paper to chop stuff and and you know, we actually return our trays almost religiously and we make it a point to people who So you think we're better than everyone else? Uh? No no no, I'm not <laughs> I'm saying that that's that's just something that we feel like we we do to to, to help the people who are clearing up tables and stuff like that yeah. and to make it a, a nice experience for the person eating after us. Yeah. So we are actually a minority in that sense. Uh. So but this spitting on the table thing, I mean I don't. I don't even actually. I I don't feel that bad about it. In fact, I probably do do it Yeah. You. I haven't seen you do it because if you did, I would have told you. I remember telling uh someone who used to work with us last time uh, that I said, just put it on the tray, lah, dude. Why do you have to put it on the table? Because okay, what if I have a, a pack of tissue with me and I'm gonna wipe it up later after I'm done? I'll I'll pick it up and throw it in my bowl after I'm done. Lah. I just want to enjoy my bowl as it is. Why why why? Why must I throw? Oh, because okay, and with like one obvious thing is that uh, there are people who have dietary restrictions, mm-hmm. and like let's say if you eat some beef tendon or something like that, you put it on the table. Not me like, I don't care. But there are people out there who have their own kind of uh, dietary restrictions that they shouldn't eat. But I know some people who might not want to come into contact with beef. Okay, then we are going down that route of like let's ban peanuts on planes because somebody is gonna have a peanut allergy. Then that's the thing, right? Do do we like you know mm. bring everything down just because for okay? The then ignore person? ignore that. For me, it's just leaving your fucking bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's in your bowl, like it, yeah. So so yeah. So maybe taking aside the dietary restriction things, it just but the reason I brought that up is because let's say in general in Singapore. Let's say more people are comfortable with putting shit on the table. Yeah. So it's part of our culture per se. Yeah. Right? So if someone comes to our country... And says you can't do that. Yeah. Essentially, it's like, okay, if someone... If you were to go to someone and say, don't use your tissue paper to choke. Right? To if, choke if, a, if foreigners were coming to Singapore... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they come and say to Singaporeans, don't use your tissue paper to choke. What do you think of that? I mean, we, we don't agree with that choking thing either, yeah. right? But I don't know. I feel... Yeah, there is something when There's something about the culture, like yeah. it's part of Yeah, like it's our country. Or if if like what would be an equivalent where in Singapore I don't know, yeah, that's why I just felt like the slipping thing, like yeah, it's 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 a positive thing. It's not hurting anyone, it's complimentary, it's expressive. But then if you're having to curb that down just to appease the foreigners who are coming in, that feels like hmm. Yeah. So I mean I think the analogy you raised about yeah our hawker centers and that is actually quite interesting to think about because there are some there are, there are groups of Singaporeans out there who are very against tissue chopping yeah. like literally they, they print out, out flyers <laughs> yeah we know and, those people. yeah we know we know some people who who literally <laughs> use their own money to do that then when yeah. they're not even like paid to do it they they use their own money because they can't stand it when Singaporeans. You know the practice of like, oh, I'm at a hawker center and, and it's crowded. I'm going to buy my food, but I need to choke a seat in case or anything first. Yeah. So they put the tissue packet down. So um, I've seen arguments that that is a, you know, it's an efficient way to for someone to, to eat a quick lunch. Mm. But uh, what was the main argument against that though? I think 
for me, it's mainly like if and like okay, rare. If you're a single person, uh, at a food court, I think single meaning you are alone. Alone, not, alone, not that you know, yeah, you are forever uh, alone. Yeah, yeah alone. Yeah, not not forever alone. If you're alone, I think it's only in very rare instances where you can't find a single seat, lah. And if that means if you're with more than one person, then just someone choke the table physically, and while the other person buys the food, lah. Yeah. What's the most extreme thing you've seen someone use? Hammer. Choke. Hammer. Yeah. Like what kind of hammer? Like the just like the hammer, like the tool. And but how do you know that was a chopping and that wasn't like someone trying to fix the table? That's true. <laughs> right? Then like he's, he he forgot his hammer, is it? No, maybe yeah, maybe he's a technician or something who's like repairing something and he left his hammer there. So then you? What's the most extreme? Uh, I, I, I mean, extreme just in terms of the price of what is left there. I think people have left their iPhones and... Oh, that's crazy. On their wallets, you know, there. That which I find kind of insane. Uh. But, but it's also a testament to Singapore. No, but then just now what I was saying about, let's say if there are two people, one person wait, but you could argue that by them putting the tissue packet there, they save time. Yeah, exactly. Both, yeah, as opposed yeah. to one person who one sits wait, there yeah. and he waits, right? So, yeah, there, I think there are, it's almost as complex as what's the fastest way to board an airplane, uh, you know, there's a lot of different permutations to it. So I, I, I I don't know if there's a perfect answer to whether choking but, is good or yeah, bad. Yeah, so so basically since that that is not clear one way or the other, yeah, how would it be if we were told that there are foreigners, that for the tourists coming next year, we need to stop doing this? Fuck you! I yeah. think, yeah, that would be the main response, right? Yeah. But it just felt, felt weird when, because one thing I enjoy when I go to Japan, they are almost like, we are so proud of our culture, right? That yeah. you adapt to us. We're not going to put English signs anywhere, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. If you want to come to Japan, you, you adapt to us. And I always... Yeah thought that was damn cool because as opposed to a lot of countries just wanting to yeah tourism is a big economic uh, driver but it's nice to see people be that proud of their culture like. yeah as opposed to us right we're like embarrassed to speak English yeah no English no English embarrassed no to nonsense. you know embarrassed about a lot of things in Singapore like. yeah so yeah. so in Japan you say like wow these people are fucking they they, 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 they have something there so then now they're slowly eroding it because yeah Olympics coming next year yeah. And of course, they do need to ensure that the, the tourists have a good time because it is contributing a lot to the economy. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, wow. The last thing we want is a whole world where everyone does everything the same way. Exactly. So maybe the next time I go to Japan or something, I'll make it a point to be as loud as possible yeah. when chewing. Yeah, just slurp, just slurp everything. You're drinking like coffee, also just slurp. It just slurp, slurp all the way. And then in Singapore, probably just to like use as many tissue packets as possible and just... The thing, I think I still need to think about it. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, we're not even sure. Yeah, we're not even sure about our, how we will handle it here. But but yeah, the I think the thing in Japan is it's a good, it's an interesting thought experiment. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, so that's those are two of the things that have been on our mind the past few days. Of course, we would like to know what you guys think yeah. uh, and what you guys like about this podcast. What you don't like, just be constructive, be respectful. Even if you're not, we'll still listen. Yeah. And always, always, uh, you know, make sure that, that you you try to listen to both sides of the story. You know, if you watch one Michelle Chong video, make sure to go and watch like the select committee video. And yeah. Just get a balanced perspective of everything. Actually, that's why we called our podcast Yala, but because yeah. we just wanted to just like throw out something and then consider multiple sides. La. Yeah. And then always be, you know, always try to poke holes at your own what, what you're also asking. La. 
Yeah, la. yeah. So, yeah. So, like, goodbye to, to go to war or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so rate us on iTunes and uh, whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast. And we will see you next week.